In this episode, I'll talk about one of the most unfortunate terms used in the horse world, and that term is breaking horses. So I want you to help me eliminate that word, and even more importantly, eliminate that practice. We shouldn't be breaking horses. We should be preparing them. So here we go. Episode 156, Stop Breaking Horses. I'm Karen Rolfe, and welcome to Horse Training in Harmony. This podcast is about you making progress with your horse in a way that you both can love. It's about learning how to move and be in harmony. Because yes, you really can develop a horse to be both athletic and happy. When we show up as our best selves for our horses, our horses will show up for us. So let's get started. Words matter. And often we use words out of habit and without consciousness of what we're actually saying. And this can happen often with songs, right? Have you ever experienced where, you know, you love the tune of a song, the music's awesome, and you start singing along with the words. And then at some point, you realize what you're actually saying. And you're like, wait a minute, (laughs) I don't want to be singing this. And uh, this happened once when I was teaching uh, some clinics in Italy. And they had a great you know, venue and they had music set up. So I would teach a concept and demonstrate a concept and then would let students loose to kind of play with what I had just taught them. And they had a, a, you know, a playlist of popular music and, you know, nice songs, but they kept playing this one song and it was um, a song called Luca, or maybe it's called My Name is Luca. It's a Suzanne Vega song. And it's a beautiful song. If you just sort of listen, it's, you know, she's got a lovely voice. It's got a catchy music and it's beautiful. And people were singing along to it. Even you know, they were Italian, like they knew a lot of English and they were singing the words to it. And I had to go up to the, the host, you know, the clinic host and ask them to please stop playing this song. As if, in case you didn't know, uh, it's a song about child abuse. So there's these beautiful words and you're singing along. But for example, one of the verses is, they only hit until you cry. And after that, you don't ask why. You just don't argue anymore. You just don't argue anymore. You just don't argue anymore. And so... Those are the lyrics. That's an example of the lyrics that I was hearing as people were playing with those with their horses. And I just simply couldn't bear to hear those words while teaching a clinic about partnership and harmony <laughs> and being connected with your horse in this trusting relationship. And Actually, maybe the really sad part is how those words actually could be referencing many, many horses' experiences in the world today, right? They only hit until you cry. After that, you don't ask why. You just don't argue anymore. 
You just don't argue anymore. Now, probably that's not happening to horses among the people listening to this podcast. I mean, you guys are sort of selected. You are people who want to listen to a podcast named Horse Training in Harmony. But for many, many horses in the world, that actually is the goal of training, to get horses to simply not argue anymore, to simply not have any voice. So words matter. And there's a common term in the horse world that I think people need to be much more conscious about how they're using and whether they really want to be using it. And if they are using that word specifically and in a clear description of what they're actually doing, I think they need to stop. So the term that I'm talking about is the term to break a horse, horse breaking, right? I'm breaking my horse. It's time to break him. I break my horses at age three. What are we saying? What are we saying? And this term is used in my community. It's sort of just, you know, it's a term you use. It's time to break the horse without really thinking. What are we saying? So as you know, I like to do in my podcasts, is I like to look up words in the dictionary. What are we really saying? What is the definition of to break? (laughs) So there's lots of different meanings of the word break. It's used, that word is used in a lot of different circumstances. So um, I'll start at the top and I just picked some of the definitions. To separate or cause to separate into pieces as a result of a blow, shock, or strain. Another definition of break is to make or become inoperative. Another common definition is to crush the emotional strength, spirit, or resistance of, to destroy the power of, or to tame or train a horse. (laughs) So it's really interesting that they, those were all went together when I looked them up, to crush the emotional strength, spirit, or resistance of, destroy the power of, or tame or train, parentheses, a horse. So we don't, this term is specifically used for horses. And that's really sad. And I I think this probably goes back to another podcast episode I did. I think it was one of my very first ones, if not the first one, and it's the assumption of obligingness. There's something about horses that people train them differently than different animals. There's this assumption that they must, they must. Now, some people may be using the term break in a slightly softer way to say, I'm breaking in, right? And I'm going to break in my horse. And when you look up like that term, To break in means to familiarize someone with a new job or situation. I'm like, okay, that is a little more uh, appealing, (laughs) a way of using that term break. So there's already a difference between saying I'm, you know, it's time to break my horse versus I'm breaking my horse in to being ridden. But I still have to say I'm a little 
tweaked <laughs> by having any form of the word break associated with doing something to the horse. So too often, the process still resembles the main definition of the term break in. Like, you know, so we can think, oh, break in. <laughs> but that's nicer to familiarize someone with a new job or situation. But if you look up the term break in, the first definition of it is to force entry to a building, typically to steal something. So think think of how many horses are broken on purpose during the breaking process. And when you look at the process, it really does look like breaking. Breaking the emotional strength, spirit, and resistance of the horse. Stealing. Forcing entry, typically to steal something. Stealing. What are we stealing? Their freedom, their voice, their feeling of safety. Another verse in the song, Luca, is, I guess I'd like to be alone with nothing broken, nothing thrown. Just don't ask me how I am. Just don't ask me how I am. Just don't ask me how I am. So we break the emotional strength, spirit, and resistance of the horse, and we steal their freedom, their voice, and their feeling of safety. So if your goal is to break a horse when you break your horse, <laughs> please stop. Reconsider. Open yourself to a different possibility. Now, there are people listening who use the term breaking, but you don't want to actually break the will of the horse. Well, then stop using that term, please. Here's an alternative. Start your horse. Prepare your horse for riding or handling or whatever you're preparing your horse for. This simple change can create a huge ripple effect if we can simply get all the people who are preparing and starting horses to describe it that way, instead of saying that they're breaking them, perhaps we can start to show a difference. So if somebody says, I break horses, we can ask them, what do you mean by that? What do you mean by break? And let them think about what they're saying and either admit to themselves and the world that they do indeed plan on breaking something in that horse, or let them think about using a different word that's more precise to describe the educational process that needs to happen to prepare a horse. Some people will talk about, uh, quote, putting first rides on a horse. And even then you can think of what does that mean to put the first ride on the horse? I mean, maybe instead of putting it on the horse, maybe it is more of an invitation. You know, how differently might it be approached if instead of trying to put on a ride, you were looking for permission to ride, consent to ride. And I know this might seem like semantics and it's going to feel like, oh, you have to really watch what you say around Karen. But I just think it's worth thinking about. Words are powerful. They do have energy and they can create actions. Hey, I've got some great news for you. 
Registration for the Finding the Sweet Spot of Healthy Biomechanics program is now open. And we only open it twice a year. So if you don't do it now, you're going to have to wait six months. That's half a year. (laughs) Now, this is our most transformative and most highly supported program. It will forever change the way you think about how your horse moves and how you confidently improve it. You get six months of live weekly Q&A calls with me and my coaches and private coaching included. And that's along with lifetime access to all the training materials. Now, the vast majority of students surveyed rated this program a five out of five, and they said that they would confidently and enthusiastically recommend it to their friends. And because of the unique exercises and concepts taught inside the program, it's appropriate for riders of all disciplines wanting to improve how their horse moves, even with no prior dressage experience. And it's also appropriate for even seasoned dressage riders looking for a more harmonious way to ride and train. You can find out all the information at dressagenaturally.net slash sweet spot. And check it out now because registration closes for the semester on April 1st. That's dressagenaturally.net slash sweet spot, S-W-E-E-T-S-P-O-T. All right, now back to the pod. Now, I can't really do a podcast about breaking slash starting horses without putting in a little word about those competitions where, you know, the ones where they bring in a whole herd of, quote, untouched young horses into a stadium full of cheering people and loud music. And then in two or three days, these horses are being ridden around obstacle courses. So I, I got a few personal opinions about that. And before I go into it and what I don't like about it, I want to say that I'm actually in a way impressed by how some people are able to do what they do in this circumstance. So Im- impressed in a way doesn't mean that I think it should be a skill that I pursue, but it's, you know, I think it's possible to, you know, uh, be a vegan and still appreciate someone's ability to like perfectly cook a steak. (laughs) You know, it's like, I might not eat the steak. I might not like it as being eaten, but I can still appreciate the skill involved. So, you know, with that said, uh, I also have some, you know, friends in horsemanship that I have a ton of respect for. And I know how they feel about horses and I see what they do with horses and I have so much respect for them. And I really do think that they are amazing horsemen and amazing educators and they do have horses best interests in mind. And yet they've done these competitions and I watched them in it. And I do think that that they gave their horses the best possible experience given the conditions of the event. And I think what was also interesting, because those were the only times I've watched those events was when those people that, um, you know, my friends were in it uh, and I wanted to watch and support them and learn from what they were doing in a way uh, that the judging 
you know, I may have been biased because I think they did a really good job, but the judging seemed to, like I couldn't figure out the judging because the, the judging did not seem to reward the processes that were overall kind of calmer <laughs> and, you know, less dramatic. They seemed to reward the ones who had horses that you know, acted wilder and blah, showed bigger problems in the beginning. And then, you know, despite all those problems in the beginning, they overcame and, you know, got a whole bunch of stuff done. So I don't know. I'm, I'm not saying that there aren't some people who can do these competitions in the best possible way. But what I'm saying is that these conditions set up in these events, you know, in, in those conditions, the best possible way is still, in my opinion, far, far, far away from any situation that is actually ideal for the horse, for the individual horse, if you had to choose how you wanted to start the horse. Maybe it's a good place to break a horse, <laughs> but it's not a great situation to start and prepare a horse. I mean, why the rush? Why, why the rush? Why are we trying to look at you know, who can do it the, the fastest or the best under extremely fast conditions? Like what, what's the rush? Is it, is it for the excitement? Well, what causes excitement? You know, why do people watch NASCAR? It's for the crashes. <laughs> you know, is that what we're trying to set up? Some crashes? Is it for ticket sales? Because, you know, human spectator attention spans are only so long and no one's going to take a month off <laughs> to go watch this happen? I mean, it's a real question to ask. Why? Why two to three days? Who decided and why? And it has to be money. <laughs> I mean, it, it just has to be. No one who knows horses would say that's an ideal circumstance. Now I get it. It's a challenge. So it's meant to be a challenge. It's meant to be a fairly impossible situation, right? That most people couldn't do that only the best and the, I'll put these in, I'm making air quotes, the best of the best of the best could actually even start to get anything done in this situation. But then again, you have to wonder what skill, what are we testing? Are we testing the ability to um, take a terrified young horse and then get it to go around this obstacle course, you know, <laughs> without anyone getting killed? You know, it's like, what are we really trying to do? So when I look at so many problems in the horse world, a lot of the poor setups can be traced to money, right? And, you know, if it's not money, it's maybe the ego, right? The kind of ego that feels good about dominating a horse. And, you know, the, the, in this situation, I think the circumstance itself is causing the vast majority of the problems that you're seeing then worked through. Because so many of the problems that are worked through in uh, an overly dramatic way or an overly traumatizing way 
could be worked through so much more softly with just more time. So again, I, I was, I, I kind of had this love hate relationship with watching it because on the one hand, there were some people that I just had no, does I just had to kind of hide my head. And then other people, I was impressed by some of these horsemen's ability to, to balance the act of doing it as kindly and fairly to the horse while still being efficient and, you know, getting it done really quickly, yet still doing what the, the giving the horse the best possible deal in this impossible situation. So not something I'm going to be doing really soon. I mean, I, (laughs) I joke around that, like, when I start my horses, when I prepare my personal horses for being ridden, it's no road to the horse. It's a meandering path. And my goal is, you know, by the time I'm riding, my horses are saying, would you hurry up and just ride me? (laughs) And I can do that because I have time. No one is paying me. No one is expecting a certain result by a certain time. I have all the time in the world and I can do at exactly the pace that feels good to me and my horse. It's a luxury, I know. Now, I know many trainers who actually do a beautiful job starting and preparing their horses for being ridden. And they've often told me that they feel like they want to take a longer time especially with some horses, you know, if they have a program and part of their program and what they offer is starting horses, but they feel this pressure and they feel like the owners of the horses expect it to happen faster because, you know, the guy down the road does it in 90 days. Well, this guy does it in 60 days. Well, and this guy does it in two, right? So they're feeling that pressure um, to get it done, you know, quicker. And they they often will talk to me about they feel conflicted because they feel like they the owners wouldn't understand the the power of going slower. The owners wouldn't understand why they're just standing out there in the arena with the horse for half an hour doing quote unquote nothing. Now I'm going to call a little BS. If you are a professional horseman and what you do is start horses and that's your expertise, then educate the owner. We need to educate people that taking the time is valuable. Doing nothing at certain times is never, well, there's a podcast about nothing. Nothing is something. In nothing is the foam of all possibilities. And horses need time. They need time to really process and become present because otherwise they go into shutdown, some version of shutdown. And how is the horse world going to improve if the people who are actually really doing it for the horse are too afraid to explain what they're doing and why? So for all of you out there who really are starting horses and preparing horses to be ridden, you're not out there to break your horse or steal anything from your horse, then don't be afraid to explain what you're doing that you are on the meandering path. You know, I have talked to 
countless students who sent their horse off to be broken. They sent their horse to the horse breaker. You know, he was ready to ride, so he sent him off to be broken. And they were successful, meaning when the horse came back, it was in fact broken. Broken trust, broken spirit. So many horses of amateur riders who try to do the right thing by going to a professional to break their horse and bomb-proof it, right? They want a nice, safe horse, so they send it to a professional horse breaker and they tell them, I need this to be a really safe horse for me. And the horse comes back frozen. They come back where they experience some trauma and they go into freeze mode. And so, yeah, nothing happens around them. They're frozen. You can run a chainsaw next to them and they don't do anything because they're frozen. And then they come home and they're in now this relationship and they start to relax and they start to open and they start to see the world again. And all the fears come back. The fear, well, the fears weren't gone, but now they're expressing because the horse is like, yeah, I'm going to run away now because <laughs> I'm not frozen. And sometimes those, that's when the worst accidents happen. And there's just such a huge disconnect from what so many students want in their horse. They want confidence. They want the horse to feel sure, to not be hiding fear and freezing and then exploding. But you know what? It's faster to put a horse into freeze mode than it is to build confidence. So I'm tempting everyone to be more conscious around the language that you use when it comes to this particular stage in a horse's life. Start them, prepare them, don't break them. Don't crush the emotional strength, spirit, or resistance of your horse. Don't destroy the power of your horse. Don't force entry to steal something. We want to keep our horse's emotional strength and spirit. We want them to have a, their freedom, their voice, and their feeling of safety. See if you can catch yourself defaulting to that very traditional term, break, to break horses. And if you're around someone and they say they break horses, or it's time to break the horse, or we're breaking him, feel free to say, what do you mean by break? What do you mean by break? And then let's make sure that we're doing what we say, and we're saying what we do. Honest communication, relationships we can trust. It's what our horses want, and it's what we all need. If this episode resonates with you, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Training horses is a long game. The more you listen, the more pieces of the puzzle you'll have. To see all your learning resources, visit dressagenaturally.net. That's where you'll find free videos, online courses, my book. You can sign up for my Wednesday Wisdom email or even book a private consult. Most of all, remember, you got this. Never underestimate the possibility for things to improve in ways you cannot yet imagine. Till next time, 
love your horse, move in harmony, and enjoy the process.